My twin brother may not speak to me in words, but he communicates through love better than anyone else that I know. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Beyond the Waves podcast. I'm your host, Julia Taranzak, and my twin brother, Michael, has Down syndrome and is my inspiration behind everything that I do. My mission is to share the lessons I've learned in unconditional love through growing up with Michael, to provide a means of healing while empowering you to achieve what makes your heart sing, all while revealing the beauty behind each individual who has Down syndrome. Elizabeth Galt is 27 years old and lives in Farmington, Missouri and has autism. She was diagnosed when she was two years old and didn't speak until she was six. She describes not being able to talk, like being trapped in a duct tape maze, and it was as if she had to pass levels of a video game in order to find her voice. Now, she is a motivational speaker for autism. She speaks at schools, colleges, conventions, and conferences, and university on autism and educates and teaches peoples about what it is and about different sensory toys and products as well. She has her own nonprofit, iPads for Autism, which provides iPads and the Proloquo app to kids and adults living with a nonverbal disability. So far, she has given away over 20 iPads to support those individuals. Welcome, Liz Galt, to the Beyond the Waves podcast. Liz, thank you so much for joining our show today. I am so excited to have you as one of our guest podcast speakers today. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. So I want to get started. So reading your bio, you shared that you weren't able to speak until you were six years old. Can you kind of paint a picture for me about what that was like for you? Not being able to talk was like being trapped in a duct tape maze. We had to find levels of a video game to find your voice and, and, and so it was like, like level one, level two, level three. And it was like being trapped in a duct tape maze where it feels like you had to have oxygen to breathe. Cause every time you talk, you were like, <sighs> doesn't come out kind of like, like you can't breathe. So you felt like you were suffocated. But then after I eventually found the way out of my maze, cause autistic people see things in pictures. And so we see things in pictures. That's why our eyes grow up a lot. Cause it goes back to the past this way, this way. It's kind of weird. I know, but, um, so, so then that's when I found my voice and I'm like, then I said, mom, cause my mom cried for me. Cause she's like, Liz, I'm going to be able to talk. What am I going to do? She's reaching six. And so then suddenly when I started talking mom and I didn't make full sentences till I was like seven, eight, seven. And then suddenly I just started talking and never stopped. <laughs> I make up after six years of not talking. So that was pretty exciting. That was a joy to everybody. But now everyone says, Liz, Liz, it's time to be quiet. We're eating dinner or Liz, you know, the game's on. <laughs> so, yeah. It's yeah. kind of fun. fun hearing them say that. <laughs> exactly. Cause it is so important to be able to have your voice and it's something that, you know, people like Michael don't even have. So it's amazing to be able to use it whenever you can. Yeah. 
and like and like you can always there's always different ways to communicate so michael does have a voice he uses it through technology so even though your child or brothers cousins family member friend can't talk they they have all different ways of communicating and that's their voice and that's their way to be heard even though it's in a different way absolutely Liz, can you share more about, you know, you talked about your duct tape maze. How did you end up finding your voice? How did I f- end up finding what? Your voice. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, finding my voice, you know, having speech therapy, trying to pass levels of a video game to find my voice and getting on trapped of that duct tape maze. You know, you just had to work with it every day, kind of like how you have to Work on school assignments to get better and better, kind of like an ACT score. You want to get higher and do better, even though I didn't qualify for that. But it was kind of like that. You just had to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And boom, you got 100%. You passed with an A. Yeah. Did you ever find it frustrating when you were in speech therapy? Yes. I was in speech therapy from 2 to 18, and I was embarrassing, still playing games with the speech therapist practicing words, being a teenager, because I'm like, when am I going to graduate? And I'm like, I'm getting older. I don't really want to be in speech therapy anymore. Because when you're a kid, you think it's fun because you get the play games, you get prizes. Then when you get older, it's like, oh my, Liz, it's time for speech. Like, Liz, it's time for the go speech. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't say it out loud. Stuff like that. Because you don't want everyone to know your business or personal life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that, Liz. And I know now you're a motivational speaker. So how can you kind of share that transition with me about how you went from being in speech therapy, you didn't have your voice earlier as a child, and now you're a public speaker and sharing your message with the world? Okay, so I'm a motivational speaker. I speak at schools, colleges, conferences, universities, conventions on autism and I teach and educate people about autism and what autism is and we and I also teach them about sensory toys and sensory products those because those are my tools every day to help me in life kind of like glasses what Michael wears is to help him see everyday life that's his tool kind of like that's his therapy tool kind of like how oh like a wheelchair is a tool because it helps them get around and kind of like hearing aids is a tool to help people hear so a guy came to help people be able to navigate the world and see and also um and also so that's so sensory toys are to help me when I'm stimming overstimulated getting frustrated or getting like 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 tense nervous anxious and oh like when I'm excited oh my gosh there's a lot of people get excited go go rebels go like like the school team, like basketball team. So it's like, and not everyone likes to be touched or squeezed because they think, oh, you're too strong. You don't know your own strength. Or I don't like to be touched. Oh, oh, no, it's because it's COVID season. Oh my gosh, don't hug me. It's COVID season. I'm like, and so it's really hard with autism during this time because they're used to being deep pressure because it's like being trapped. It's like being strapped in a three-point harness car seat and also makes you feel safe and secure when people pinch you, squeeze you because it helps you relax and almost come back to your body and kind of relax again, almost yeah. and like calming the nerves. So that's what the sensory toys help me use. And so each sensory toy is, is different. What I use every day. It's, it's what I, it's different every day of what toys I use for each day and for what it's used for. And so 
And so I teach kids, I don't play with toys. I use them as a tool. So, and I let them look at them, feel them, you know, and some of the, you don't buy them at stores. You buy them at special needs stores, Amazon or like stuff like that. And so it's really cool because we also do sensory projects too. And we, and they get to do like what it feels like for a person with autism. And so, and so we also like donate them to nursing homes, group homes, people with disabilities who can't really afford them. And also like PTs, OTs. Yeah. And so, and so a lot of people can't afford it because sensory stuff is more expensive than normal stuff. Anything with the word discipline, it's more expensive. And I also help people with disabilities who can't afford sensory toys and sensory products as well. So that's a really another thing I do. Absolutely. Can you share a little bit more, Liz, about your iPads for Autism nonprofit that you started? So I started my iPad for nonprofit nonprofit business called iPads for Autism about two years ago. Mm -hmm. I provide iPads to kids and adults living with nonverbal autism, nonverbal disabilities, and very limited verbal skills that are like that are considered nonverbal, but can say five words or less. Like they, they, they just say them on their own. Like if you tell them to say it, they can't. So that's an example. And so, and so I give those a voice to be heard through technology because sometimes when kids can't communicate, their parents get so frustrated with them. Cause you know, sometimes kids pinch to communicate, bite, hit, scream, cry. Like, and parents are like, what do you want? I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. And, and so it gets really frustrating to the nonverbal individual because you don't know what they're, they, you don't know what they're trying to say. So when you give them the iPad with the app on it, they can tell you what they want. And so it's a picture-based communication app, which is really exciting. And you can also add stuff to the app, take pictures and add it. And so basically whatever comes out of your mouth, you can add on to the app. So it's $250, but it's worth it. And so it gives those their voice to be heard that, hey, my child can communicate. My child can say the ABCs. My child can tell me what she wants or when she needs to use the bathroom or when she's hungry or needs to go or when she's ready for bed, all that stuff. So it's really cool that they can communicate. They can understand what you're saying when people talk behind your back and they can read emotions and understand emotions, they just can't let it out, but they can hear and understand anything you say, whether no, no matter if they're severe, or low function or not, they still can understand. And I love people- that you share that. Cause even with Michael, you know, Michael's nonverbal and I know he understands what we're saying and he really reads people's facial expressions and he reads their body language and he knows, he knows what's going on. Even if he can't tell us back, he absolutely knows what's happening. Yeah. And so it's just really, it's just really cool what, what they can, what they can do and what they can say. Absolutely. Liz, can you share with us how your nonprofit is going right now? My nonprofit's going good. We've given away 20 iPads because you're our 20th giveaway. So I never thought I'd be, uh, make it up to 20 iPads because each iPad costs over like, well, all together, the app, the iPad, and the outer boxes cost around $600 for all that. And so we raised over $12,000 for that. So it's going good. I mean, COVID season was rough because we didn't, we didn't know like if people were able to donate because of financial situations, people being laid off jobs, people having to get unemployment to support their kids. But, you know, a lot of people were able to donate and we're thankful for that because we don't, we don't know what we would do without them. So I'm thankful for them taking the time to help us during this pandemic. And Liz, where can people donate 
if they want to support you? Um, iPads for Autism, Liz Gault, my bank's First State Community Bank. I'm trying to think of my the address to the bank, Farmington, Missouri. Or they can also write a check check for iPads for Autism, and they can send it to my home address, which I'm not going to say it on. That's live, okay. On live, but they can message me on Facebook at Eliz- at Elizabeth Golden, and I can do it from there. That's amazing. Thank you for supporting our community so much, Liz. Thank you. And I want to shift gears a little bit. So can you kind of share with us, what does your daily life look like now? Um, so every day I get up, get my, get ready. And I volunteer at a daycare two days a week. And I like helping the toddlers and stuff. And I've also helped out special needs kids there before, which is really cool. So I play with the kids, color with them, draw with them just have a good time with them. They're all like my nieces and nephews. They're really fun to be around. And I also, once every other week, I visit my friend Alicia Eden's shop and she works at a hair salon and I hang out with her and her gir- her and her crew. And sometimes we have food days. Sometimes we just chat and do talk. And sometimes they, they wash my hair for me. And or I visit my hairdresser's salon, Carly Sanders, and hang out and hang out with sometimes when her grandbaby's there, I hang out with them or they wash my hair. So there's really two great salons I like going to, but my hairdresser's Carly Sanders at um, Shalon Chavod and my friend's hairdressing place is Ula La. So it's really cool how they, they're really accepting the disabilities. Let us come in, chit chat, all the people are really nice. And also I go to my other friend's houses and hang out with them, run errands with them. And I also work on doing speeches. Sometimes I do presentations, go up to the colleges and present. And um, and I also work on stuff with iPads for autism, get iPads, ship them, do that stuff during the day, download apps, um, and help people with disabilities, like get them stuff, get people stuff, like who can't afford clothes or anything, I get them stuff. So I basically help anybody who needs help. So that's really exciting. And you do an amazing job at it. Thank you. You support so many individuals and it's, it's so cool to see what you're doing. And I also have a business partner, Leslie Asher. I wanted you to add that in there because she's like, she's like a mom to me and her and her sister have done a lot for me. And my friend, Teresa, Alicia, um, gosh, Shelly Bryant, they all, they all think of me as their kid. And so it's really nice, you know, with losing both my parents, they think of me as their daughter and they do a lot for me and accept me as part of their family because you know with autism it's hard because not many people can handle disabilities because sometimes we require a lot of attention and also Angie Winch I don't even know I have over 20 or more so they're very accepting let me let me hang out with them spend holidays do do anything with them so it's really nice that we have such a great community of friends that become family I was about to say you don't need to just have blood and relatives as your family no. you have so many people out in the community that are just as much as your family Mm-hmm. And so my business partner, Leslie Asher, she helps me with receipts. She helps me with my iPad for autism taxes, helps me get big donations. She helps me when I'm feeling over frustrated, overstimulated. And also my friend Tatum and Angie, they help me put the app on the iPad because sometimes I struggle with that. And Tatum's a college student and at Missouri State and Angie's a process coordinator and owns uh, home decor store. So it's really nice that they take their time helping me, even though I can be impatient and want it done when it's done. So they (laughs) they take the time to be there and help me. Absolutely. 
And Liz, you live on your own right now. What's that like for you? I am my own guardian. I told my I told my family I wanted to be my own guardian when I lived on my own. I wanted to manage my own money. I wanted to be independent. I didn't want any help. Like with all that, I wanted to be successful like any other adult would. And, um, and so I never thought I'd be able to live on my own with having autism. I always thought I would need someone to help me all the time, but I've lived on my own almost seven years coming up. So living on your own, living in your own apartment gave me my independence, my freedom, you know, and, I can take care of all my own needs, basically. But a lot of my friends cook dinner. I make stuff in the microwave because I don't use ovens or stoves. And I also go to a lot of sports games and get food there. So it's really nice being able to live on your own, having your own space, freedom, because you don't have people telling you what to do. Absolutely. Trying to to decide things for you. Yeah, trying to decide things for you, trying to be your boss. So it's good. I'm happy being able to be my own boss. Did you ever have moments that were scary when you first started living by yourself? Yeah, at first, because I was like, oh my gosh, am I safe? Did I lock my doors? Okay. Is it, is it when it rains? Is it, is there a tornado sirens going to go off? It's like, it's like those kind of things, but I live by all old people and they're really understanding. They don't, they don't drive me crazy. So, I mean, they act like a grandma to me sometimes. So they're really cool. And, and, um, so at first, yeah, because I didn't know how people would think of me as being young and all, all them being old of what it would be like thinking of what's a young person doing here. So it's really cool. I mean, I haven't had any problems hardly, so it's good. I'm so happy to hear you have really nice neighbors. Mm-hmm. And Liz, what's something that you want those to know who maybe haven't been around someone who has autism? Just what's something you want those people to know? Just to know not to be afraid of us because autistic people, it affects your five senses. So when it comes to food, sometimes we smell food or we can't handle going in the restaurant. So we just, we know what we can do and what we can't do. And people sometimes think, don't be scared of that. It's just food. Don't be scared of that. It's just a restaurant, you know, but with autism, our senses are strong, like an animal's. And it's like, when it comes to certain smells, food, sounds, it's like, it's like 10 times louder, like fire alarms going off in our ears. Like, the smell of Taco Bell, it like builds your head up like a hoarder's house. And it's just like, you can't block it out. And like seafood, it smells like sewage and like soda. Like when you go down the slide, it's it like, it shocks you. Kind of like when you go down the slide, it shocks you. And, and so, and then like certain sounds, like squeaking sounds, squealing sounds, squeaking doors, yelling, screaming. And it can be like fire alarms going off in our ears and it can cause like huge migraines. So and, and our brain, sometimes it's like a hoarder's house in our head. Like it's so full, you can't block, you can't let it out because it's so stuffed. Kind of like, like living with autism every day is like living with a head cold, basically. And so I want others to know that people with autism are just like everybody else. We may do things differently, but, you know, we're, we, we still understand you when people, and the people are afraid to tell people with autism the truth because they don't know how they're going to react. And sometimes they're scared of like our stimming and our different twerks we do. So, and, you know, and I like it when people tell me the truth because, you know, it makes me feel like I'm there and I, and I can't understand when people don't tell me and tell other people and don't tell me first, it's like, why are they talking behind their back? Do they not know I'm a person too? Do they think I'm invisible? Do they think our rights don't matter? It's kind of like that in a way. And it's like, 
include us. You know, I think everyone should include people with disabilities instead of leaving them out or bullying them because I was bullied in school and school was kind of like a prison to me. But now being out of school, it's like, <sighs> and it's like when losing my parents, I have more friends than I ever did now because it's like people understood the death of, death of my parents more than they did my autism. So it's kind of like, you want others to know, hey, we're people too. We want to be included. We want to have fun. We want to be accepted in this war too, because we can do things too, but we just have to work at it 10 times harder or we just have to try our best and keep going, like fighting. It's like we fight a battle every day because you don't know what people are going to say and think about us because it's like when people, people without displaced teeth, it's like, are they, it's like multiple choice questions inside our head, like, Hey, what are they saying? B, is it about me? C, is it, am I taking things literally? D, all the above. It's like every day, it's like a test in your head of what's happening. Absolutely. What, you know, if there's someone who's never been around someone before who has autism, what do you suggest the first thing they do? I, is there, are they supposed to interact with you any differently? Are there any questions? I mean, like, like when I shake somebody's hand, like how you say, hi, my name is Liz. Sometimes people with autism don't like to be touched because it can feel like physical pain, just like some animals don't like to be touched. So you have to let them come up to you first, like hold your hand out and let them come out to you first because they get scared easily and overstimulated and aren't used to being around new people. It's kind of like an animal. Let them come to you first. Don't approach them. Let them approach you. Absolutely. So maybe if, you know, if you're being introduced by someone, having them ask you, hey, Liz, is it okay if I shake your hand? Can I give you a hug? Is that a little bit more appropriate? Well, like, yeah, like, is this too loud for you? Is this smell too much for you? Can you handle this? Like, just include them. I mean, you might have to ask questions, but, you know, so it's better just to ask than to, you know, but just, just assumptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Liz, before we go, what's something that you want our listeners to know? Just to know, you know, don't, you know, just because your child doesn't have a voice, there's all, you know, there's always help. And just, you know, and if they always need a friend, you know, there always will be people out there. You just got to keep praying and just let others know you're not alone. And there are people in this world that are there for you and that will help you. And you just have to keep fighting every day and don't give up, you know. And if anyone's interested in an iPad for autism, they can message me or let me know. Or if anybody wants me to come speak for them, message me and let me know because I'll always be there to help to help their child and I also work with families inside the home I work with about 15 and so and so I don't work for a company or anything but I help them do sensory therapy or if the parents need to take a shower I watch their kid because sometimes you can't take a shower when you have a kid with disabilities because because they can't like take care of themselves but something happens you know they can't you know they could get hurt so basically like a toddler baby you have to watch them constantly but just to know, you know, there's always going to be someone there for you. And if anyone needs me, just message me and let me know. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much for joining us today and being so vulnerable and sharing so much about your story. I am so excited to have had you today and cannot thank you enough for sharing with us. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please let me know. You can find me on Instagram at Beyond the Waves blog. And if you know someone who may benefit from today's episode, please feel free to share with them so we can share the Beyond the Waves mission 
of spreading unconditional love and showing what it looks like to grow up with a sibling who has Down syndrome. I'm so grateful for all of you, sending you all so much love, and I'll talk to you next week.